and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, as usual, I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going to be taking a look at Legend of Korra, which, uh, I mean, it's been out for a minute, but it, it dropped on Netflix. Uh, I figured that would be a topical time to talk about it. But uh, specifically, we're going to be looking at kind of like a sequel series. So it'll be mostly about Legend of Korra, but a lot of, you know, Legend of Korra in relation to Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, but either way, this week I am joined by two fellow nerds uh, who can introduce them damn selves. Go for it, my boys. Hi, uh, I'm Colin. Definitely a viewer of The Legend of Korra and <laughs> recording right now. That's good to know. Was that in contention? I feel like those are the only credentials for this particular thing. So, like, you know, sure, sure, just sure. I mean, show that I'm packing what needs to be packed. Are you suggesting that we have more strict credentials for our other episodes? I'm saying that if somebody else tried to hop on this recording and they, A, had not seen Korra and B, were not recording, we wouldn't let them participate. That's I true. So I have cleared the bar, in my <laughs> Good. opinion. Well, let's, uh, let's hope you can do a little bit more than that. But, uh, <laughs> and and my, my second friend. Hi, this is Taimul Chowdhury, or Chowder. Whichever you prefer. I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Korra is, a, Korra is a great show, and we'll we'll definitely get into that but uh, and talk about why. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to start off by summarizing and discussing the topic and then end with a little rating section where we, you know, give our own personal opinions on how, uh, how good the topic is, which is in this case, of course, Korra. And, uh, yeah. And we'll also be discussing its relationship to its immediate predecessor, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Not The Last Airbender, the 2010 film by M. Night Shyamalan. No, it would be, I think, a pretty bad sequel to that. It breaks a lot of continuity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know, man. For example, do you ever notice how in Legend of Korra, the firebenders just inexplicably can create fire? Whereas it was clearly canonically established in the movie, The Last Airbender, that they had to take fire from pre-existing places. Which which makes it less believable that the Fire Nation could take over so much <laughs> and keep a hundred year war going but i know but it doesn't matter chatter because it's canon <laughs> i would say it's a good sequel because it doesn't suck like it's that's what i was about to say that's probably the biggest canonical violation is that it's entertaining it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point all right uh all right let's so let's get on into the summary so Legend of Korra, well, I, I guess first I'll give a, a fucking real brief synopsis of Avatar The Last Airbender if you've been living under an animated rock. If you scroll back, we do have an episode, I think it's called My Cabbages, episode 63 of this podcast. We did cover The Last Airbender, just if you it's ever true. want to hear a discussion we did, on we that. Did, yeah, we did do that. Uh, but Avatar The Last Airbender, I mean, it's pretty much all summed up in their little opening sequence. It's like, ah, we got four four nations. They're all based on the different elements, fire, in, wind, uh, earth, and water. And uh, the Fire Nation just decided that they would start going on a tyrannical, imperial, you know, 
crusade and they pretty much destroyed the air nation and uh there's this guy called the avatar who can master all four elements who is our main character who is also the last airbender because he basically uh was this little kid he's what like 12 and he uses this uh he uses his avatar powers and accidentally puts himself in a block of ice for a hundred years so he wakes up all the other air, air people are dead and he's like hey gotta stop the fire nation and that's pretty much the whole series but it is great that's the, that's the main thing about it is that it's awesome and then legend of korra so the the whole thing with the the avatar is that um are you guys just being very quiet, or can I not hear you? Oh no, I'm, I'm wrapped just being, by your storytelling. I'm just being oh, that's very good. quiet. Okay, I, I see. I'm not used to people not cutting me off, which is not to say that I want you to cut me <laughs> off. But yeah, you're walking a was... fine line there. But no, yeah. the, you. Uh, I feel like your description brought me to tears, much as the finale of the Last Airbender did. You really captured the nuance <laughs> of Aang's yeah, struggles yeah. to master the Avatar state. Sure, because he's just a little <laughs> monk, and he's like, I don't want to hurt nobody, and everyone else is like, you got to kill that motherfucker, he's a problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the uh, the thing with the Avatar as a spiritual character is that they have this whole, I mean, I, I guess everyone in the world has a reincarnated cycle, but the Avatar is the only one that they can identify. Would you say that's a fair interpretation? So that the Avatar is not the only one who is being reborn. It's just that, you, you know, they yeah. I, I, think, that I think that at the beginning of Legend of Korra, <laughs> I would have said the Avatar was the only one that is reborn. I think it's a lot more vague afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I think after we summarize some of the stuff, especially from seasons two and three, I might actually argue yeah. against you on that point. Okay, well, we'll get we'll get back to that. Uh, that's the way I always interpreted it. Is yeah, that no, just... I, I interpret it that way, too. It's just declaring that this is a reincarnating system, but the Avatar specifically is the important one that he comes back because, you know, then that's a new person who can use all the elements. And Legend of Korra is basically, uh, it's set, what, like 16 years at the beginning after Aang's death, and we're following the new Avatar, who is Korra, and she's a waterbender. Well, I mean, you know, originally, she's everything. I, I um, think I think this is one of my favorite introductions to any show ever because the entire three season journey <laughs> yes. of Avatar: The Last yep. Airbender is how do I learn the different elements? Ah, I need masters. <laughs> and in this one, three year old Korra kicks the door in, just screaming, "I'm the Avatar!" and throwing elements. You gotta everywhere. deal with it and just yeah, it's yeah. So really good. yeah, it's it such sets up an, her character very well in comparison yeah. to Aang. Yeah, it's like a couple times they they mention it. It's just like uh, I I can't remember which character said it, but they're talking to like one the other characters who knew the original characters and she's just like she's the reincarnation of your dad he was such a sweet old guy and she's a cutthroat or something <laughs> like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the whole first season each season's about 13 episodes so this series is yeah. shorter than avatar even though it has more seasons the first season oh, i never it, noticed that the first season, uh, th- as far as the world goes, the big development is there's now, like, a metropolis, a New York City-styled metropolis that uh, has been, like, industrialized. Yeah, like, yeah, te- technology, like a- industrial revolution, yeah, technology has advanced yep. to an industrial revolution kind of. Uh, Beyond that, they have they have lights. They have elect they have electric uh, stuff. They have radio yeah. stuff that came like right after the industrial. Yeah, like because if like it's progressed to like the 1920s, I guess. Yeah, they've got people who can like literally create lightning, so I, I, yeah. I can understand that they might move at a little yeah, bit yeah. different <laughs> of a pace than we do. Because the, of the, the big the big like in, in the original series, the big technological advancement is the blimp, right? Like at the- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
The, I, so, so this, the first season kind of centers around the fact that uh, Avatar, Avatar Korra, working with Aang's son Tenzin, can't yep. airbend. Played by played by J.K. Simmons. Very important detail. To such great effect. Uh, Tenzin. I want is pictures. Trying to teach pictures of the Avatar. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying. But to, actually, though, have you seen the videos where someone takes like uh, the the audio from Whiplash and and cuts it in? To, yes. Like yes, I over Tenzin. No, yes, I have. Sounds it's great. So you gotta link me those videos those <laughs> sound great but yeah the first season is basically her struggle to learn airbending she goes to the big city and experience metropolitan life and there yeah. is sort of a a movement leading revolutionary that is taking away people's bending powers and hopes to equalize people that can bend and people that can't and his name is Aman and that's kind of the first season yeah and and that's that's one thing that I want to just get right ahead of you and point out right now is it's not like a I say a terribly important difference, but it is mm-hmm. like a kind of a big difference between the original series and Legend of Korra mm-hmm. in that in the original series, the whole show is basically one plot line that develops, whereas in Korra, yeah. it's very much like each season is its own story. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, you know, I don't think that either way is better or worse. I like all four story well for the most part i like you know all four stories told in cora and i like the the big story in uh in the original series but it but it is i, I like three stories in cora the second season it, is pretty uh, terrible yeah the second yeah, season we're, we're gonna get into does, the second season <laughs> yeah well the second season does introduce a lot of things that i like though it does but so before we jump into that i i think what was really interesting about uh, the first season is how um, we see an avatar that like wants to be the avatar but doesn't care what it means to be yep. the avatar, and I think which is that, like the exact foil opposite to Ang, who is yeah. like you know he's into all the spiritual stuff, but he just wants to be a normal person. Yeah, yeah. Where, I mean, yeah. I mean like yeah, she's deliberately meant to be like sort of Ang's opposite. Like the creators yeah. have said so in interviews and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think that the use of of Aman as a foil to her is effective because nobody, everyone learns from Aang all the time. He's constantly teaching people, even though he's only twelve. She's like yeah. you know twenty almost, and she's uh, sixteen and in she, the first series, I think. Uh, yeah, she's in sixteen show. in the first season, and mm-hmm. by the end, she's nineteen. No, eighteen. No, it's lit. It's more than it's that. It's got to be she's 19 like 20 or, 20 or 21. Because, yeah, oh. yeah, there's a time jump. Because there's like a three-year gap between gotcha. seasons I three yeah. and four, so, I think. Uh, so the interesting yeah. thing about Amon is that he spouts a lot of the same stuff Aang did, but through a much darker lens, which yeah. is like like these things are all true about how benders work and these spiritual connections, but that is what tears our the fabric of our society apart. And uh, so my backstory with Korra is I watched part of it, like the first three or four episodes when it came out and just didn't continue because it wasn't easy to watch. I just streamed it on CBS All Access and I binged it. And I was so struck at how the tone of Amon's equalist followers felt so lived in and believable and realistic. Yeah. Like I believed in Amon yeah. as a leader that could change people's opinions on someone as notable as the Avatar. And like, and so like well the handled. idea that like there is a there is a divide or there is like a hierarchy from benders and non-benders, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like it would be something that would exist in this world, and we see hints of it even in the original series. It's mm-hmm. it wasn't a central focus, but it was there. Like the episode uh, Zuko alone, where 
he comes across a Earth Kingdom village that is basically being bullied around by a couple of earthbending soldiers because mm-hmm. they're all non-benders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, th- yeah. There's an implicit bias in the societies that the original series plays with, but that Legend of Korra finally says, okay, now we have a melting pot where everyone's coming together. Yeah. How do you extrapolate this and exacerbate it? And Amon feels like well, see, a logical conclusion. Because I think it kind of follows like real world society and privilege mm-hmm. too. Because like yeah. back yeah. in the, you know, when you've got like this big war going on and also like there's less, you know, free communication between the nations just because they don't have the technology. It's like, yeah, it's not really treated as like a huge deal, but that privilege is definitely there, even though no one's talking about it. But then Mm -hmm. when the society evolves to the point where like, oh, now people can congregate in a way that they weren't able to sort of like how, you know, we've got all of these social issues that are bringing brought up that probably wouldn't have been ability like able to happen at the scale there without the use of the internet. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, yeah, like now all these people who definitely yep. were still under privilege, privilege before are yeah. now feeling more comfortable vocalizing themselves right. about it. And it's just or, like, yeah, I could see like even Aang as this virtuous character just straight up not realizing that because he's one of those characters who has arguably the most privilege in terms <laughs> of like, you know, his bending ability. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a, it's interesting. Yeah, and I, that, I don't think the, it's handled like it definitely has points where it falls flat into like, oh, cartoon villain being cartoon evil. But yeah. like, it's not, it, you I, know, there, I, it, I, it, I the seeds the ultimate, are there that you can that you can understand it. Yeah, I think the ultimate reveal that Amon is actually a bloodbender using his powers. Yeah. So like, I'm guessing they don't say it explicitly, but I'm guessing he's uh, shutting off the chakras like bending blood to sort of break people's yeah, spirit. I would flow. assume. Yeah, that uh, is. Yeah. And then that is the and only then his, way I think it could work. His ousting as a hypocrite and a liar. Like he is a bender trying to take away everyone's bending. Um, and then, uh, and you mentioned this, Jeff, briefly in our in our episode two weeks ago. Uh, it ends yeah. with a murder suicide when his <laughs> yeah, brother just yeah, no, that, blows that up was, the boat. Yeah, no, that was actually re- really. <sighs> yeah, that was a really was, dark moment and a really perfectly. I think executed moment. I love no it pun so intended. Much. It, it <laughs> <laughs> so perfectly executed is the episode title, right? <laughs> oh, Fuck. the night is still young. Yeah, we could uh, so, come up something better, but that that's a contender for sure. Do we want to jump into into season two, or rather, book two, spirits? Yeah, yeah. I will say, on, upon rewatching it, I don't I don't dislike it as much as I did before, but I definitely think that some of the things fall a little bit flatter and less like cleverly nuanced than yeah. the first oh, season. Oh, sure. It, was, it wasn't, or are we talking about season? Oh, we're talking. Uh, season two spirits. Season oh, two. Yeah, no, I, I still kind of dislike season two. Uh, I definitely, I don't even know if I'd say it's the worst one. Cause I, there's a lot of stuff about season four that I don't like as well. But I actually really I, like I, season I think, like, four. Uh, I yeah. think, but I guess my 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 lasting opinion of it is like, yeah, I feel like it's weaker than the other seasons, but it's you know well, still let's, reaches let's, the bar for me. But let, yeah, let's okay, get into well, why. let's dive into it. Yeah, yeah. Cause so season, the the yeah, plot of season two basically is, um, you know, Cora now at, at the end of season one, she was able to master airbending and restore people's bending that Amon took away, right? And uh, it, the whole season 
basically revolves around a civil war in the the northern and southern water tribes. And also, I just would like to point out the fucking nepotism of the situation that uh, the chiefs of the tribes are Korra's dad and Korra's uncle. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, I think that... I think the uncle is a coincidence because, like, I think that yeah. they... They had royal blood even before uh, Korra was born, but I, I think though I pretty think sure that he got his he got his job. At, her dad got his job as chief because his daughter was the Avatar. Fairly I think, certain. <laughs> I think that you actually highlight a good point because where season two and I agree, season two has I think a lot more obvious weaknesses than the other seasons, and we'll get mm-hmm. into why in a second. But I think it stems from this same idea. There are a lot of plot elements that seem to exist because of convenience. Whereas season yeah. one and the Avatar The Last Airbender, I think, had reasoning, motivation, and consequences very rooted in logic and very lo- very rooted in world building. And a lot yeah. of these choices, like, oh, Korra's related to every important figure. Uh, like, that's, I think, the first misstep of many. Yeah. Where they weren't thinking well, about the yeah. world as much as they were thinking about convenient plot advancement. I, yeah, to be fair, like... I think that that would be solved for me if there was literally, like, one character who is criticizing her dad and saying, like, you're only chief because your daughter's the Avatar and, like, pointing out that nepotism. Because I don't think it's an unrealistic thing to have happened, but the fact that they don't point it out makes it feel like, oh, you know, it was always this way when I don't think it was, Yeah, you know? And, but I mean, in my my honest, or I feel like season two, the problem is it feels rushed. And a a big reason for that is... Because, like, when season one was being made, they weren't sure if they were going to get another season. Mm -hmm. And then Nickelodeon was like, okay, you get to have three seasons, but you got to make them now. Yeah, and and they they jumped right in, taking it to, like, MCU-level proportions real fast. Yeah. Where where essentially... Yeah, I will say that the the biggest thing for me is I think that the villain in season two is the weakest out of the four. Oh my god! Yeah, um, like he one he's so obviously he's most, evil. He's so obviously yeah, he's, evil. He's the, like so the villain is the big villain, big bad of well, I mean, there's two really, but the big bad of the season is her uncle, uh, who is the the leader of the the northern tribe. A man, a man the, who yeah, is constantly like. Uh, doing the evil king sitting on the throne yeah. pose with like yeah. dark yeah. shadows highlighting so, his face, and it's like what? So where where I think season two has a lot of strength is in exploring the backstory of what the Avatar is. So Jeff, you were you, you were saying earlier that like you know uh, everybody's sort of reborn, but the Avatar is like the most noticeable one. This actually explores humanity's relationship to spirits because what the uncle wants to do is. Go back to the spirit world, break it open, and release a spirit to become a dark avatar himself. And right, it, because it finally it's revealed. The... Yeah, it's revealed in in a little what two part episode about yep. the first avatar uh, that like the origin of the avatar is like society was definitely very different back then. They were like living on lion turtles and stuff like that and then they were given their bending temporarily by the lion turtles and then this one dude took the bending and went out into the spirit wilderness and then he ended up you know breaking up a fight between these this being of light and this being of darkness which was a very bad thing to do apparently and then he ended up kind of working with the spirit of light to like join forces and beat the spirit of darkness and then ipso facto 
the she ends up the spirit of light ends up merging with him and that is what the avatar is and like when you're going into the avatar state that happens a lot in the cartoons this crazy powerful ultra mode you are accessing directly the spirit of Rava which is what the spirit's name was and and yeah so I like I think it's an it's an explanation that makes sense it like maybe pseudo retcons but not really some things uh, yeah. that were like kind of implied in the original series yeah in that like they said like oh the first earthbenders were the 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 uh badger, the badger moles, moles and the first yeah yeah and it's and then in this they uh, do a sequence where he's like learning the bending and he's like going and meeting dragons which were the original firebenders and it's implied that they're just like teaching him the the correct techniques which i yeah. you know yeah i mean it's like yeah no it's it, a, it, it feels it, like a it fits together when you think about it yeah. but it just like there is that moment of wait hold up a second yeah, it, it definitely caught me by surprise, but I think this is this is where season two does what a sequel series should, which is, okay, yeah. where are the gaps we didn't fill in? Let's fill them in. Yeah. Um, where I think mm-hmm. the season sort of falls apart is toward the end when Rava's vil- uh, opponent, Vatu, uh, is released and the uncle try like fuses with him. And becomes the Antichrist and be the dark avatar. Yeah, There's, yeah. there's no attempt to explain the reasoning other than the world should be different and that is enough for the villains to motivate and then finally in the climactic battle between them the the kaiju battle between their spirits Korra is suddenly able to project a giant spirit Tenzin's daughter is able to project herself everywhere and the series stops trying to explain the mechanics of what's happening which it did really well when it was explaining Rava and the original Avatar but as the season and as season two goes on and you reach a climax you sit there wondering okay big bad guy beat what else like what actually allowed that to happen there are no yeah. rules to follow yeah and also they yeah, made they I mean, did one of the worst calls i feel in season two which is severing her connection to previous avatars because yeah yeah that was just a dumb call because like because because i, cause, cause, I, I understand it seems like an interesting storytelling uh, me- uh yeah. technique but then it robs you of some of the more interesting storytelling mechanics you already set up for yourself. So I don't necessarily yeah. disagree with it, but I see it as an opportunity cost. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I think that they had already set up the precedent that Korra was not as spiritually minded as Aang. So yeah. if they didn't want to reuse the, the Aang-Roku relationship from the original series with yeah. Aang and Korra, like they already had a good reason not to do that. So it, it almost felt like a a gut punch just to like you know give the audience a reaction which felt a little bit disingenuous to me it felt felt cheap because like yeah no what it robs you is the opportunities to have Korra learn about the history of this world by taking away yeah basically a bunch of characters who can fill her in on it and also I I think this particular last sorry go ahead I'll let you finish and also just uh uh, gets rid of a lot of foils. Like, a uh, thing they did in yeah. this first series, Avatar The Last Airbender, was that Aang was very much contrasted between not just Roku, but uh, Kyoshi and many of the previous Avatars. And we get to see how his approach differs from everyone else. And we get to see how yeah. Korra's approach differs from Aang. And now we don't really get to yeah. see how Korra is different from the Avatar. Why Korra... Yeah why we need Korra specifically and not an avatar, which is a big I, theme of this 
entire series is that the world needs Korra, not necessarily yeah. the Avatar. Yeah. And I, I think this particular aspect is not something that would bother everyone, but for me, it almost felt like, like you know, ignoring the fact that Aang was already dead, it felt like, oh, they're just going to kill off Aang right in front of us, which felt like in a, like a, a sort of, you know, casual, not casual, but like just kind of like there's no last moment with Aang. Like we yeah. barely got to interact much with adult Aang. And it's like it's already a little bit sad to me that the writers decided, oh, yeah, because Aang was stuck in an, an iceberg for 100 years that he means he died younger. So he died in like his 60s. And I'm like, OK, but we had characters in the original show that lived to be like 130. So like, couldn't we have just aged up the the, the the characters that we wanted to still be alive and still had that work and just had them be generally old. I mean, we like, get that you know. we get that in seasons three and four. Do we want to... Yeah. Season three seems like the foggiest in my mind. Does someone else want to take the oh, okay. summary of that? Okay, here we, here we season go. Season four so, may be... My, season three may be my favorite, but I'll, I'll, live, I'll let you give, yeah, give no. the rundown, Chad. Yeah, no, I also really like season three. Uh, basically, uh, after the events of season two... The material world and the spirit realm have uh, sort of converged more, and that has uh, resulted in more people becoming uh, airbenders where there weren't any before. And Like the world is trying to balance itself back out since there's only like four yeah. airbenders alive, yeah. which are all related to Aang. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, now that the spirit world is open, like, let's get more of those guys back, which is great. I think, yeah. it, you know. Yeah, and uh, so... Basically, Korra, Tenzin, and the other characters decide to go on a uh, around-the-world trip to, like, gather up all the air ten- airbenders and, like, re- recreate... Rebuild the culture. Rebuild the culture, yeah. And yeah. Uh, while that is all happening, one of the people who have who has gained airbending powers is an uh, anarchist criminal named... Uh, Zahir. Zahir, there we go, yes. There we go. Uh, he, he puts together, like, a suicide squad. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, like, his previous team that was previously built up of, you know, an earthbender, a waterbender, a firebender, and a non-bender, which is now, you know, obviously one for each element. A little bit of a plot convenience there, but I'll let that one slide, because Zahir is just the best villain really in the whole show. Cool. Yeah, and by far, I think, does... for me. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, like, they're basically, they've got this philosophy of, like, the Avatar needs to be murdered because, like, the Avatar creates this disbalance in the world, and, like, I I don't think I'm giving it justice. The way he explains it, yeah, the way he explains it makes a lot of sense in the show, and he's a very, like, calm and collected, like, he's a very different villain than the ones that we've gotten before. Authority is bad, hierarchy is bad, and, and it's like, he's not wrong. He, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of good points that are taken up too far, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the, the series, how does it? Ra- it wraps up with God. Uh, I I remember they're fighting at the the. Oh, Zahir is yep. trying to what? Take over what the the Southern Air Temple? He's trying to kill everyone there where they've rounded up all the other Airbenders. And there's uh, basically a showdown where he no 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 he's Cora. No no he wasn't trying yeah, to kill. So he's. Tr- he wasn't trying to kill the other airbenders. He was trying to kill Korra. That he was it, using the it, airbenders to lure, lure Korra there. Exactly. Uh, what he's basically trying to do is is kill her in the Avatar state, which, which has been would destroy to, Rava to yeah. end end the cycle. Yeah, which um, is man, which is a so hell, is no which Avatar. is a hell of a fucking uh, ballsy ass thing to do. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. I, you see that godlike being that, like, when it goes into god mode, it is practically a goddamn Super Saiyan? I'm mm. gonna wrestle it! Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and we got some we got some great deaths in that one too. The, yeah. the most brutal of being the the firebender who like she's got this special power where she shoots lasers from her head, which was the, a, another oh, a nod yeah. to a character. They she, actually called it a she combustion shoots her, bender. A combustion. combustion bender, yeah. She oh, shoots God, her laser, so and one of the other characters who's is a, a metal bender, while she's shooting the laser, wraps her metal armor around her face, so her head just fucking explodes. We don't she, see like, it, like, but I think this. we know exactly what fucking happened. Yeah, it, it, it cut away. It wrapped her face in metal. There was an explosion, and it cut away. And Zahir was really upset. And I paused the show. Like they did not just fucking suicide by cop the way that I think they just did. And I had to wind it back and oh watch my it God. like God. Times. This, That was so brutal. Colin, uh, this adds to your this adds to your comparison of this group being like the Suicide Squad. Right? Oh my God. Title number two. Um, Moving on. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think we should, uh, I, I, I want to breeze through season four a little bit because I want to talk more about, you yeah. know, Korra in relation to Avatar The Last Airbender. But basically the synopsis of series four and something that I, that I respect it for is it brings the stakes, well, maybe not the stakes, but the, uh, like the consequences. Yeah, the, well, yeah, I'll say the stakes. It brings the stakes back a little bit from, like, wow, fuck some me, of the right. previous seasons and, well, co- you know, same thing. Consequences, <laughs> stakes, whatever. Uh, and something that, you know, I'll touch on in a bit is something that I think a series, a sequel series should not try to do is not try to one-up the original series stakes just for the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily bad if they do that, but, like, something that, you know, I, I felt was kind of a problem in season two was... It, it seemed like it was trying to one-up the stakes of not just the yeah. previous season, but also the original series. Yeah, they tried and the to original series scale. stakes were already fairly high. And it's just like, no, the reason that we watch this show is because the original series was so good. So don't try to tell us that that like Korra is more important than Aang, you know? Like, just don't even bring up that comparison, you know? <laughs> not to say that Aang is just way more important than Korra, but like, you know... Don't even bring let, up let, that conversation. Let us make those decisions. Yeah, and, right? and, and honestly, so, like it, it's the seasons with the lower stakes that managed to justify, yeah, Korra as yeah. a character better than, yeah, I, the one where she's defeating the Antichrist. So the rest, season four is essentially what's what's the lady's name? The the Kuvira, Kuvira. Yeah. Kuvira worked with uh, with some of the other metal benders we've known throughout the show, and at, for the three years that Korra is gone after being poisoned by Zaheer, she has tr- she has created the Earth Empire, where she basically. Oh, what? Hold on! Really important thing village. to point out before we keep going in season in season three, Zaheer murdered the Queen of the Earth Kingdom, and yes. that resulted in a giant power vacuum. Very oh, important. That was another very good, brutal on-screen death. Oh my god, where did you suck the air, air out of her Yeah, no, that Nickelodeon. Was... <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, that squicked me out pretty bad. But um, no, but I yeah, loved it. Kuvira, oh, Kuvira steps in to fill the power vacuum by basically forcing uh, all these people to join her and basically starting a fascist regime. 
Yeah, by she she refuses to relinquish power once all the individual Earth settlements are together, and Korra is still like physically and mentally fucked up from being poisoned by Zaheer. So the season called Balance is the process of Korra reckoning with her past to get to the point where she can stop this regime. And yep. if we're talking about the scale of stakes over the uh, over the other seasons and stuff, the way that this ends up is interesting. The way that yeah. they build a, yeah, a metal bending based platinum twenty five story mecha, yeah, Pacific mecha, Rim yeah. machine. See, that is that was the cause of my hesitation when I started to say I I, I enjoyed that the stakes were down because they they are down. You know, like the the stakes previously were like the destruction of the whole world, and this is and just now like it's just like a city. city, but yeah. but but like. There just didn't need to be a giant walking mecha suit robot. Cause like I can, I get the fucking jump from the industrial revolution to early radio. I do not, I have a harder time accepting the jump from the industrial revolution to, yeah. uh, giant walking mechas, which are also like, you know, giant metal and human shaped. No, like not even necessarily the most. Keep in mind, the original series did have a giant fuck off drill trying to drill through a wall. And yeah. no, that's true. That's so, true. And at least but, the, the at least the mech that that uh, that Kuvira is running was run by bending, which is conceivable. So all they had to do was build a shell, and people inside use their powers to move it. It's not like they built anything robotic. So, like, I understand that it's still not the representation I would have chosen. <laughs> yeah, but then is the idea that the people on the outside can't bend the things that they're bending on the inside because of all the platinum? Yeah, the platinum essentially would block the people on the outside from bending what's on the inside. But the people on the inside yeah. are right next to the um, are right next to the bendable materials because once um, Bolin and Mako infiltrate the thing they are able to bend the shit out of everything and wreck it from the inside yeah, yeah. that's fair uh this, yeah this is not seems, a this it seems is, unnecessary all right this is uh <laughs> kind of, this is not a criticism it's just something i find kind of odd personally man there is a lot of fucking platinum in this world platinum is rare like super yeah. rare but yeah. man they uh, are just I, getting it all over with and i know different world maybe they're just more yeah. platinum lying, lying around yeah no what? okay <laughs> Isn't the idea that they're... I thought that the idea was that they were, like, purifying the metal by, yeah. like, bending the minerals out of it and making it into platinum. That, I mean, that's Wasn't a that... reasonable explanation. They, the only yeah. thing I think they say is that platinum is so pure, like, you can't bend metal this pure. I think that's the extent because they go into when... as to why it's not bendable. Yeah. That was something that yeah. uh, What's-Her-Face's dad said in the first season. Yeah. Um. Uh, so the, Cor, the Cor, season, I'm Asami. Asami. Her name's Asami. Asami. Thank you. Yeah, and then, she she's uh, an important character, by the way, and we somehow very. never mentioned her. Yeah. Um, well, we don't need to. I mean, we don't need to go into all because we didn't yeah. really talk about yeah. Mako or Bolin either. But. So essentially, the the end of the series is uh, they stop Kuvira. The they save the city. The spirits have moved in with everyone. There's now an Airbender culture, uh, and Korra has regained her confidence and understanding in herself, and opens up a new spirit portal. Oh, and also, by the way, they're by by. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> like yeah. that is how it Which ends. Is, yep. Yeah, and I remember. So I, I've heard uh, a lot of people say like it's. So the the last shot of the show is uh, Korra and Asami both 
women uh, walk into the spirit portal together holding hands. And a lot of people were happy like they had some queer representation. I, I've heard some people say that there was no foreshadowing. I'm going to tell you, nope. the first time was- Asami is on screen in episode, uh, in season three, episode one, the first time they walk next to each other, I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck. Like, <laughs> I, I just read yeah. it immediately. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, 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 like I definitely really agree. Nice payoff. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think there was foreshadowing. I just feel like I, I, I wish there was more like on screen interaction yes. that like yeah. yes, that I that yeah, I will that, concede. That is I, I like I was happy with it at the time, but in retrospect and now having seen like other shows like handle that representation better, like that's a whole nother discussion, honestly. But like Yeah, but then but then again, part of like what allowed those shows to handle it better was they took yeah. the ball that Cora had yeah, and ran with this, yeah, yeah. this no, ended absolutely, six absolutely. years ago. But that like there there's a difference between, you know, like, oh, like these characters like being implied to be gay at the end and like actually, you know, like even if you accept that, which I do, but like, you know, accept that like, oh, that's definitely the implication that they're getting together. And there's been comics that have confirmed that after the fact, but like at the time it came out, you know. Yeah. Like most people thought that, but there was room to argue. There, there were uh, people who were like, it, there's a, "They're not gay." La 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 la. That, that yeah, was a exactly. lot of like. There's, but there's a difference between having that representation like popped in there for the sake of it, and actually having because, like, at the end of the day, like it, it was representative, but it wasn't really over. Or maybe it, I should say it was inclusive, but it wasn't actually a good representation of it because we didn't actually get to see that story yeah you know we didn't get to see they, the end of the story hints. we got to see the beginning of the story no but we didn't we 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 got hints uh, maybe sometimes that they were that they were a thing and at the end they are implied to get together we didn't get to see like the you know story of like oh uh, like a typical will they won't they but instead of a guy and a girl it's two girls we didn't get to see there was no narrative built around the fact that they had any feelings for each other no but i i I still i still felt it to me it didn't feel like it was written out and i would have liked it to be written out but i still understood from the character's relationship and performance like where it was going and the growth between it um, yeah. And it felt more uh, natural than, say, Avatar, Aang, and, um, oh my goodness, why don't I remember Korra. her name? And Katara. Katara, Katara yeah, Katara. which yeah. was very will they, won't they the whole time. That's interesting. I, but, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I like I'm, Aang and Katara, uh, yeah. personally. Yeah, but. I know, I'm fine with Aang and Katara. I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, like, like uh, this show, The Owl House, which I've actually talked about before on the, on CGP, but, uh, but like, there's uh, these two characters, the main character, Luz, and a character named Amity and like even in the first season you you see you are seeing like the narrative of these two characters becoming a thing play out because we're still in the first season but the most recent episode uh uh, very blatantly uh reveals that Amity has feelings for Luz uh Mm -hmm. so so like uh, I'm comparing that to Korra it's like here it we we see we see how they uh see each other in the beginning how that dynamic is changing and why amity would be where she is now where compared to cora it's like we kind of get a sense of chemistry but then it gets kind of covered up by like a bunch of other stuff going on including yeah. a separate yeah. romance and, like, and, and then right at the last way. Yeah, go on. Let, let let me put it this way: if if the series ended and the two of them did not get together, 
I don't think any of us would feel like it was missing. It wouldn't feel like a plot thread that was abandoned. It wouldn't feel like, oh, they were no. clearly implying this. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, like, I'm with not, you on that. Not, yeah. Like it's it's I, I agree. It's with tangible you there. enough to recognize, but it's not tangible enough to like say like, oh, that was just definitely there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree with that, but I'll, I'll I'll say something about that that I'll that I've said about Toy Story four, which is if you had never made a Toy Story four, I would have been totally fine with the ending of Toy Story three. As a person mm-hmm. who has seen Toy Story four, I'm glad I got it. Uh, I'm actually of the diff- of Can we, the different okay. opinion. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna cut we, cut us off right there because <laughs> I do want to talk about sequel series and yes. discussion of Toy Story three verse four is a completely different thing. I yes, don't want to get but, into but it. That, those are my feelings <laughs> of Toy Story four, and and I think it's emblematic of the same thing. You're right, Cora might have made just as much sense if they didn't end up together, but the fact that they did yeah. add, added something for me that, no, I wouldn't have known I, I was yeah. missing. No, no, uh, it added something for me, too, but, like, I also... Other than that, I, I do want to talk about some other prequel series and, like, you know, what makes a... Or sequel series, rather, and what makes a good sequel series. Because in, in my opinion, and I'm gonna... I don't think this will be a very controversial view... But mm-hmm. Legend of Korra is like the epitome of a very successful sequel series for me. Yeah, that I think is, I would agree. That is my hot take. I think I would agree. Because I would agree, yeah. These are the elements of it that I think really stick out to me is that... Earth, it, water, it, fire, air. Exactly, yeah. It, is that it, <laughs> it takes elements from the original series that, and yeah, expands upon them without retconning them. Like, at least nothing, impo- nothing like huge and important. Yeah. Nothing... That like recontextualizes things that we were seeing before in a in a way that makes it not make as much sense. Yeah, it, it you know it it stays true to the tone of the show, but also has its own tone and its own characters. It doesn't just you know repeat where like all of the characters are clearly a stand-in for X character from the original show. Like you can draw those comparisons, but there's a lot of ways in which those lines don't line up perfectly, right? Like you couldn't you couldn't say Mako is just Zuko because they've got very different things. You couldn't say Bolin is Toph, obviously. They're very different. And you couldn't even really say Bolin is Sokka, who I think is the closest character that he's you know, there's like a lot of yeah. nuance to the like there's there's similarities that capture on the thing that really gave the original show all its heart, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just repeat it and it doesn't spit in its face. That's like the the thing that really works for me. (laughs) Yeah, and I I think what uh, I really admire about Korra is that it uses the original as like a foundation, but then it gets ambitious with it. Like, it doesn't try to keep the setting in stasis, but rather, well, technology is going to advance. Wonder what that would look like. What what would this world look like? What what would so, characters have to? I, I think that begs an important question because if we're talking about what makes Korra successful, I think I agree with everything that you guys are saying. What like how would you have made this not successful? How would you have made those extrapolations feel disingenuous or disconnected? Because it's hard for me to look at this as. It's hard for me to imagine this as something that wouldn't work because it is so earnest and it is so ambitious. Like even Chowder, you mentioned it earlier. I think even the fact that they structure it differently, that you have individual arcs instead of the original story is a huge break from Avatar The Last Airbender. But it is in the service of doing something new. And and I I think we take for granted how well this show does it. But like, how did it get there? Well, I guess I, I'm I'm going to answer that sort of by as, asking y'all a question, which I do have an answer for, but I'm interested to hear what you think too. Uh, do you can you think of an example of a a show that has a sequel series that is 
a good show on its own, but is not a good like sequel series to the predecessor. Because I I do have an example of this myself, but if either of you have something that immediately pops out, I would like to hear that. Uh, you go I first. Have, yeah, I've I have something that I can think about, and we talked about it pretty recently, uh, which is Star Trek Picard. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up just because of how recent it is, and like Star Trek is very saturated right now. We've got a lot coming out. But um, if you look at Star Trek The Next Generation, which is technically a sequel, but I think of it more as a spinoff of its original series. I think I think like certainly certainly in retrospect, you would you would say it's that I think that you could call it a sequel series when it was the only thing. Else yeah, in the it was definitely but now heralded that it's like as that, but it has turned into something else. Uh, so so yeah. the last we saw of the next gen characters was in 2002. And then in 2020, we get Star Trek Picard. And it is very much picking up the threads of Star Trek The Next Generation. And where, Jeff, you mentioned that Korra has a very similar tone, but is independent sufficiently enough to be recognized as its own thing. Picard takes a bigger swing and is extremely different from like the adventure of the week moralizing next generation and is a slow methodical Mm -hmm. character study that i think on its own is largely successful and i won't go into the details you the three of us have already talked about it and we have our opinions but i think it's something where it's a show that works because like cora it it respects the individual elements but refuses to rest on its laurels. And I think where it fails is in the same places Korra Season 2 fails, which is it tries to get too big, and when it does, it overcomplicates yep. itself. And then when it does that, it it sort of loses some of the rules that make it cohesive. Where Star Trek Picard is unfortunate is that came at the end of the first season, so it kind of colors the whole thing a bit differently. So mm-hmm. while I think of them as like radically different takes on the sequel series... They do the important things of focusing on the character we want to see, of expl- of adding to the world, um, and and I it's it's strange to think that with how different Cora and Picard are, these shows I think succeed and fail in exactly the same ways to radically different results. Yeah. yeah. See the one that the one that I'm thinking about is. Uh... So there's this little fucking show called Beast Wars, right? Which is, you know, it's a Transformers series. And there is a sequel series to Beast Wars called Beast Machines, which I actually think is a fairly good show, at least in the spectrum of Transformers shows. Like, it's it's one of the four that I will go back and rewatch occasionally. But there is a lot of hate for Beast Machines because as a follow-up to Beast Wars, it tosses a lot of the tones. Uh, who would have seen that coming? Colin says, "Like I'm not going <laughs> to respond to you. Like, you're still cutting me off, asshole." Oh no, that's a, that's <laughs> just because you typed that, it. That's a different chat. That's the oh, I thought that, you just no, that's not that the CGP. I was, like, I, was <laughs> I was responding to uh, Austin sending us a picture saying that Kamala Harris was announced as Biden's vice presidential pick. Oh God, oh, I didn't God. see that. Fuck me. All right, th- th- again. Different discussion. For Ta- a different talking day. about inferior, to... talking about inferior sequels. Can we talk about how the Biden campaign is basically the inferior sequel to the Obama uh, campaign? It really is uh, the beast machines of modern politics. <laughs> anyway, uh, a lot of the I'm going to try to just brush back that like that information doesn't exist in my head now. I keep trying to talk about beast wars, but uh, <laughs> sigh. Um, <laughs> uh, the a lot of people have criticisms of beast machines because 
it it takes these rather successful tones of Beast Wars and kind of flips them on their head. And also, because it takes place immediately after the series and it, we're immediately in conflict, it almost invalidates the ending of the original show, which is bothersome and it also takes some rather likable characters and jumbles around their motivations in a way that like Mm -hmm. they're compelling characters on their own right but when you start looking at the ties between the two of them it's you know that's when it starts to break apart it's just like oh when did this character become very very spiritual and when did like oh a fan favorite character turns out was killed off screen on the first episode sort of but then he comes back and is evil now and it's just like well that's not cool but whatever i think that leads to some to some parts of cora that we kind of glossed over which Uh, is oh i kind of wanted to bring up my own example but oh go ahead sorry yeah yeah yeah. i guess uh something that comes to mind is digimon uh season two uh because uh with uh other parts of digimon like season three four and five uh they are in their own separate continuity but one and two are actually tied uh tied together and that two is a direct sequel to one but and uh, two is the one with the eggs is that two is the one with the eggs yep okay cool it wasn't God, that whole fucking whole original series is just one season? Animes are weird. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, uh, series, show. Uh, you, fair, you, okay. Okay, fair, I, fair. I, I was just using the wrong term. You, you get what I'm saying. Anyways. I, I understand what you're saying. Continue. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Alone Season 2, or Adventure 2, Digimon Adventure 2 is, okay, it's, it's fine. But, like, especially when, like, Taking it as, like, a sequel, it kind of doesn't work. One, it's doing the one-upmanship thing where it's like, oh, everything is, like, bigger and better. And, like, you know, like, these digivolutions are just way better than the uh, digivolutions from the previous series. Uh, And, like, the previous characters are just outclassed by these new kinds of digivolutions and there's yeah because they just want to keep making escalating things up and up and up yeah and you know <laughs> and you know and like the villain is even more dangerous than the already pretty powerful villains of the last series and Yo, uh, fucking myotosmon is terrifying yeah oh word <laughs> oh but that's the thing that at the right at the last minute they bring back uh, uh myotosmon but it has none of the impact that he had in the first season and it's yeah, yeah. and uh and well it's because the- like they're basically saying like hey you know that big scary guy we had in the original series wasn't he great well we've just made another guy that could fucking eat that motherfucker for breakfast fuck that guy he's a little bitch compared to our new powerful amazing guy yeah and That's, and and yeah. like the <laughs> and like even funnily it does uh incorrectly what cora like shined at which was taking it in a interesting direction like there's this plot thread about like this near eldritch uh uh other realm that's separate from both the digi digimon world and the human world that like was super fascinating and they completely drop it it's there and then they never talk about it ever again to pursue the shit about myotismon because it like involves like one of the characters, Kyrie, being like, I've always kind of been aware of it, but I've tried to ignore it. But, oh, God, now I'm being hunted down by these elder creatures. And, uh, uh, 
yeah, no. And it's just a one episode thing, right? Yeah, Probably. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like frustrating because that was that that is more interesting than what they actually ended up doing. And honestly, yeah, I, 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 I think when I get the distinct feeling that the concept that they were trying to explore there ended up being used in Digimon Tamers, the third series and the third Digimon series. It turns out Digimon Tamers ended up being the best out of the entire Digimon franchise. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's something that that Korra does pretty well is that like it's changed the world enough since it's had such a, like a long gap that the stakes like those sometimes like they they almost seem incomparable to what was happening in the original series which i think is a good thing because like if you're really like looking at all the stakes of the individual characters like you could be like oh yeah the stakes are higher or lower than than uh, than the fucking fire lord or ozai but the world has changed so much that the stakes are just flat out different and there's like different implications since like with this new technological revolution there's more complexity to the world and i think that's a really you know interesting way to not have those two to not have the two get compared too much yeah no i think i think that's fair um another aspect that i think is worth comparing based on chowder your statement that uh the second season of digimon essentially just tried to like one up its previous characters and picard brings back Mm -hmm. its characters we kind of glossed over in cora there that Honestly, most of the main characters return in some capacity. We get versions of Toph and Katara and Fire Lord Zuko and Iroh. Uh, not not th- a single fucking mention of what the hell happened to Sokka. <laughs> Rude. No, you know, no, just he, say he was no, he was he was a council no, he was a councilman in Republic City. Yeah, but we don't know how he died or like and if he had any children. What happened to Suki or <laughs> like everyone? I'm just saying. Avatar, I'm just saying that Aang and Sokka are the only two characters that are dead, and we don't hear anything about, like, what okay, happened to Sokka. Fair. We just hear, you know, it's just like, he was one yeah. of the three main characters of the show, and it's like, you know... And we do get to let, see him you know, as, like, a thing. judge in Republic City, but, yeah. like... Yeah. But, so, so, I guess... Uh, that, and, that's, like, that's... here's the thing. There's this fan theory that, like, Sokka was one of the people who, like, protected baby Korra when, like... Uh, Zaheer and his suicide squad tried to kill her, kill her, and, and like, Sokka basically gave his life, uh, protecting Korra, and it's like, that is such a cool concept, and I wish that was real and canon and shit. So, uh, so I, I guess what I want to ask is, is Korra is not a show that does, that focuses mostly on the original characters, they're kind of set dressing, but like, to what extent does that contribute to its success? Like, if we hadn't, if we hadn't had, all these characters come back, would it be worse? If they'd come back differently, would it be worse? Would it be better? Like, I, I'm just, I think that's an integral part to how these things move. And I think Korra's just kind of unique. Personally, well, I, I think it's it's fine that they don't really use them. Um, I feel yeah. I feel mixed about the fact that, like, you know, every time they bring back a new character, it's basically saying, like, oh, it turns out Aang's really the only one who's dead. You know, it, it, like, Aang and Sokka's like, that feels a little weird, because, like, I, I don't know that 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 might just be a weird hang up that I have with like wanting Ang to at least live a little bit longer than than some of the other friends because like it's sad that he I think died in his sixties to me uh, yeah even but, if he was uh, at that, peace. but also that, that did not bug me at all uh, I was but fine with that. Uh, yeah it didn't bug it didn't bug me but like Jeff understand in order for this series to exist the original has to 
the original Avatar has to die because yeah. oh yeah, sure. Avatar okay, but here's the thing: is that everyone everyone dies. Uh, that doesn't mean he has to die in his sixties. All right, like they they. I mean, if, if, if they wanted the setting to be in this nineteen twenties no, no, world, not, okay. First of all, that's not true at all because the other characters that would mean that they're all in their seventies, and we know that King Boomy lived to be Sokka like one hundred. Died of unknown natural causes. What if the <laughs> others die of the same thing? I'm just saying, people in this world like live longer than people in our world or have only, the capability only, to. Only very special few people. Like, the only yeah. ones we've seen to live that long are, like, Boomy. King Boomy, yeah. and Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, but, but what I'm saying is if Aang died in when he was 80, some of our other characters could be 90-something right now, and that would not right. bat an eye for anybody. Okay? All right, <laughs> like, chatter, chatter, we're gonna, if we keep this going, Jeff is never gonna stop with this particular okay, point. Okay, 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 like let's, 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 we should let's move we should on, let let's him move fume. on. Okay. <laughs> Excuse, I'm uh, fucking running this show. You don't get to tell me when to move no, on, motherfucker. No, I'm te- I'm telling Chowder to move on so that we don't egg you on. I'm scared that we're going to poke the Avatar state of Jeff's rage over this one plot point. It, it is a, it's not like a huge rage. I just, I it's a little, it makes me a little bit sad when it's like, I, like to, to draw it back what I was talking to with um, with Beast Machines. And I, I think that this is something that Core does generally pretty well, is that, the thing that sucked with Beast Machines is, like, it, I felt like it had validated the ending of the original show because it basically said, like, hey, you accomplish your goal, and then, essentially, the very next day, everything is thrown amiss. Like, there goes your happy ending. It's all gone. And I, I think the thing that's nice about Korra is, yeah, that they got to live the rest of their lives, you know? Is that, like... It would suck if they were like, oh, and then the story turned, and then fucking turned out Zuko was tyrannical and took away and murdered Aang, and that's when the new Avatar, like, that would be bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's, it's like, it, it, it like, despite my, despite my irritation and, and sadness that Aang died relatively young compared to the other people in this world, they did all get to live the rest of their lives and, like, have satisfying endings, even if we didn't, like, see the rest of their, you know, grown-up narrative yeah. arc. You know? Okay, uh, so it's I, not I a, think that's something that the show does well. Yeah. This yeah, is not generally. a sequel series, but Alien 3 was super... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really just like Alien 3. <laughs> like, 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 the entirety of Aliens, which is the second Alien movie, is... Basically, Ripley saving this little girl and, like, uh, however many members of the crew she could, which ends up being just one dude. Uh, And, like, you know, and that's how it ends, with her getting off the fucking uh, alien planet, nuking everyone and nuking all the fucking xenomorphs in sight and saving whoever she could. And it's like, yeah, that's a satisfying ending. And then... The beginning, and I mean, like, it starts with, like, the little girl and the, uh, um, android dude she saved dying, and it's like, what the yeah. fuck was the point of, of aliens yeah. then? It invalidated. Like, it, uh, fucking, one, one could potentially feel that way about, if it weren't so absurd and it didn't fucking matter, one could potentially feel that way about the different generations in JoJo's, Advar- JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's just like, hey, remember that big bad guy you killed last time? Now an even scarier one is back, and he's also kind of back. Shoo. Yeah. But it's like, it's fine, because that show is just such an absurd parody and, like, is yeah. ridiculous okay. anyway. But- uh, no, no, here's the thing, though. I think jo- JoJo works because... Uh, 
uh, second season, yeah, they there was bigger and badder guys, but they do fit yeah. into the mythos that Jojo oh, developed. And then the third part, uh, the first villain comes back, but one, it makes sense because we know his power set and his power set would have let him do that. And two, it does recontextualize the original as a sort of tragedy, which it does actually lean into. Ooh, and... Yeah, but that that's the thing is that like it, like even if it uses that recontextualization, that's something that bothers me is when the the sequel tries to recontextualize the first one because it's like, you know, like it, basically the the end of the original se- the original season is like, oh, you know, like our character dies, but so does the big bad. And then two seasons later you're just like, actually just just our guy. The other one's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. I like, hate how the Lord of the Rings books turn Bilbo's innocent ring into a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Although, I will say, if that's the case, you're going to like part four and five, because those don't I, do chatter, that, but chatter. like... Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm saying, in, an, in a different story, that would bug me. It doesn't bug me in JoJo's Bizarre okay. Adventure, because yeah. the whole thing is taken with a grain of salt to begin with, because it's just right. absurd. Okay. And, well, some might say bizarre, but uh, <laughs> but I'm just you, you know using that as an example of the... Okay, of, like, yeah, okay, I get you. I will say, anyway, parts we, four and five are really good, though. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I, I think we've we've rounded out this discussion and, and kind of identified some of the you know reasons that Korra is a pretty successful sequel series and what makes or breaks that from some of us. You guys want to move on to the rating section since we've been going for a while here? Yeah, boy, howdy, do I? <laughs> Cause like anything to get away from talking about anime for five minutes. I'm uh, so sweaty. <laughs> Uh, all right, thank you both for uh, a, a great discussion. That was just, you know, a simple word. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It was just a good, it was just a good old fucking time. All right. Uh, now we're gonna move on to the rating section where each hold, of us. Wait, hold, I need to. I, need, I got sidebar with chatter. Did it, he just sound like he was threatening us to tell other people we just had a good time? Because I feel threatened. I, it's not how I, I was. Je- Jeff, 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 I'm talking to Chatter over here. <laughs> We're on a different side of the room. Chatter, are you are you okay with this? I don't know, man. I came out here to have a good time, and I'm feeling so attacked. What are you guys right talking now. about over there? I did nothing, nothing, Jeff. It's Jeff, fine. It's fine. Just We're talking can, about can how great you out? are. Just talking about squids. Oh. All right, if he does this again, I'm going to fucking knife him. Let's go. I like <laughs> What's squids. up, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we're going to rate the topic on a scale from one to ten. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing. There's lots of good things. Lots of good things to take from Core. You guys got any ideas? What? What? Boom what your metric? Boom Jew! The flying bunny oh, boom spirit. Boomtube. I thought you said, <laughs> said Boomtube, and I'm like, when the fuck did we start talking about DC? Uh, <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't know. I don't, out of ten, Nuck Tucks work too. No, oh Nuk-tuk. yeah, we're not gonna drop it. Okay, we don't that have is to talk a... about Nuktuk. Th- there is not... one <laughs> aspect of this show that I think failed, and that is that um, uh, Naga is was such a cool thing that they never turned into the sequel to Appa. I'm um, fine with that, honestly. Like, just a good dog. That's okay. You don't have to be a fucking also, wacky character. Also, huge missed opportunity. They call it a polar bear dog, which is one of the... They always hybridize the names like that. But such a missed opportunity to call it a polar retriever. Like, come the fuck on, guys. Get it together. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> obviously, no to Nuck Tuck. I, I like. I mean, we could just do Avatar Hero cycles. Of the that's, South. that's something. Oh, I. I but we lost our connection to all the to all the previous avatars. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, we could do we could do Boom Jooms, the fucking bunny ear spirit thing. Yeah, winner by default. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's Story right, that's of my life. Why no, Pabu. Pabu. There's only one Pabu. Oh. There's only one. There's lots of those. What about wait? Furry we could fuckers. do it on a scale of one to ten airbenders because their repopulation because their repopulation is, the, is the is okay, the metric okay, of growth. Okay. How, okay, yeah, okay. like how how repopulated is the air? It sucks yeah. that our top bar for that. Let's say by the hundred, because uh, <laughs> if ten is really our is really our highest bar here, that's a little bit pathetic. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll do one to ten hundred airbenders, and I want that. Okay. On, by the 10 to okay. be clear okay. i don't want no fucking 476 or some bullshit <laughs> all right one to ten hundred airbenders how many uh what would you guys rate legend of Korra? and i you know what I, I i'm gonna ask for a bit of a hybridized answer i would like to hear what you think about the show as a whole and how you feel it is as a sequel series which i think in this particular case are going to be rather in line but i i would like to yeah. hear if you have any differences there so I'm gonna, so I thought about rating this the same way I did with Picard, where I looked at the number of installments, and I was like, how much do I like each one? There are four seasons, mm-hmm. I like three of I like two of them a lot, I like yeah. one of them a lot, and I like one of them. Yeah, so, I'd say it's fair to say that the odd-numbered seasons are definitely the superior bunch here. Um. Yeah, <laughs> as a Star Trek fan, I'm used to that strange alternating form of success, but um, the- it's, You know, it's like the presidency, it's like, hey- We'll get a good one, and then people will be angry, and we'll get a bad one, and then hopefully people will get angry at that, and then we'll get a good one. And then goodness, you know. if only it were that simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> Biden uh, and Kamala coming to combo break, so we're yeah. gonna. So I'm gonna rate this. Uh, I'm going to say this is eight hundred um, out of ten. Uh, I really love the show. I really do, sincerely, the same way I do Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, There's still some stuff about the style, generally, that I've complained about a million times that is just not for me, and I watch these shows in spite of those stylings. Um, But as far as its its story, its characters, its sense of growth, its sense of progress, rating it as a show, um, I think I'll give it, yeah, the 800 Airbenders uh, out of the potential 1,000. Because Wait, um, I thought I, it was I, ten thousand. Yes. Yeah. Oh, then no. it is eight eight thousand. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh no, no. It's it would be it's yeah. It's it's eight hundred out of ten hundred, and ten hundred is a thousand. That's, that's man. You are making right. this real confusing, Jeff. But that's okay. not that confusing. <laughs> it's just mul- it's so, multiply oh, yeah, everything by a hundred. That's not so, hard. <laughs> The, the the truth is that just watching the show as a binge, I found it super enjoyable. Um, there were parts where I was less interested, and I think that it doesn't make the case for its ancillary characters soon enough. Mm. I think that the first season in particular, everyone besides Korra, Aman, uh, Korra and Aman is, is set dressing. And it's not until the later seasons that we start to get them more in rotation, but then some characters fall out of rotation. And I, I think it's generally hard to really click with all the side characters as consistently as you do the main characters, which Except is partly the for point, but... Varys. 
Varys is just Varric. Varys is wait, just a very Ver- fun. Wait, Varric, is yeah. it Varys or Varric? Varric. Varric is the one from Game of Thrones. Varys is Game of Thrones. Zuli, do the thing. Yeah, because Varix is a character in Destiny, so I got it's. I'm threading a line here. Varys, Varric, and Varix. Ooh, they should so, they should get together. They're nothing alike. They, I assume they, nothing alike at all. Um, Varix has four arms and is the voice of the goldfish from American Dad. So the uh, which actually he Varys got his Baker, genitals cut off. That was actually D. Bradley Baker who voiced Amon's brother in season one and does yeah. a ton of other ancillary voices. He does uh-huh. everything, but um. No, I think that the season is a very good show. As a sequel, I would rate it higher because when you're looking at it as a sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender, I think some of the weaknesses in the story that we covered in the conclusions to 4 and 2, I think become a little more forgivable because if I'm looking at them as they relate to the original series, it's easier to look at them as expansions mm-hmm. that and that context makes it easier to breeze past them where if you're looking at the show in a vacuum, I think it just seems like weak writing. Um, hmm. So I would say nine nine hundred Airbenders as a sequel. So Avatar: The Last Nine Hundred Airbenders, and then eight hundred, <laughs> uh, eight hundred of the first Airbenders. I don't know. Uh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. And when comparing it to something, you know, like Picard, which is still new and starting, it's uh, it it is. I'm finding only positive comparisons between this and other shows. Um, yeah. And, and and I'm I'm never looking at another show saying like ah oh, Cora could have done that so much better because by and large I think you're right this is I if you're talking about sequel series I think it is top I think it is top tier hundred percent yeah yeah I'm I'm very much with Colin on this like Cora isn't as good as the original ser- Avatar the Last Airbender series but that's uh, unfair. That's, a high to clear. that's an unfair yeah. expectation to have of it because Avatar: The Last Airbender was damn near perfection. Uh, mm. But like, man, Korra does a good job in justifying its existence, being good, being compelling, and yeah, as a sequel, it does everything right. It expands upon the original while not wallowing in it. It uh, explores new avenues, uses the recognition of being part of a series to to do ambitious and risky stuff. So as as a sequel, I would give it 900 airbenders and as a and as a uh, as a show on its own, I'd give it 800 airbenders just like Colin, yeah. No. Nice. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I I think I'm a like I I definitely agree that I would if I had to pick of the two, I'd say I like the original series better, but it's not in a way that this was like a drop of quality or anything. It's just like they are kind of different shows with their own identity. And I didn't I've never once when watching that show, never once did it even cross my mind that it was a disappointment, you know, or that it was a step down, you know, like like they, they it feels like they naturally fit together. And like it's evolved to the point where like when I think about Avatar, I don't really think about Avatar without also thinking about Korra. Like it feels just yeah. like one long show yeah. to me that just has like a change in the middle. And it, it feels pretty natural in that. So like I, I think I think where I personally end, and I think I agree with you with the nine hundred out of out of one thousand for the uh, for the sequel. But I think I'd also give it a nine hundred for me for just it as a show mm-hmm. on its own. It's just like you know, 
you know, there's obviously parts about it that I that I don't like, but like it's far, 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 far yeah. outshadowed by the things that I think are just superb about the series. And like the humor is not like identical to the original series, but it hits all the same spots for me, and it and it's very good. It's just like it's a, so it's a good fucking show, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much how I feel about it. Yeah, so uh, I mean, that- like. Uh- on one last level, just want to say, if you ever, if Nickelodeon ever decides to make a third series with an earthbending avatar, I hope it, I hope it does the stuff that Korra did, go off in its own direction. I kind of want, if they, if they ever did a third series, I'd sort of want it to be set, like, farther away, because, like, I, it would, it would be less of a, it would be, it would feel like less of a jump for me, because, like, I'm wondering, like, since we got to giant mecha robots by the end of Korra, like, what would the next 50 years bring us? And I sort of don't want that question answered immediately. I sort of want, what would the next, you know, like, 300 years bring us so I can have enough uh, I, I removal no, that I ca- I, we could just see Korra, we could just see Avatar in space, and I'd be so down for that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> personally, I actually would want, like, okay, I, I would actually want it to take place in something equivalent to our modern times see how the technology would compare and not compare to ours with the, you know, like how bending would affect that kind of development. Uh, Honestly, and what, I, sorry, sorry, go ahead. And I would want to see them like tackle issues that are scum- like reminiscent of stuff that's going on in our own world because again i i feel like a lot of the a lot of the issues with classism and privilege and even racism are are (laughs) heavily addressed in cora but yeah an information age yeah yeah exactly interesting yeah exactly and honestly i could even see uh how the villain could be uh realized like you know like each each villain in yeah just have to be orange no uh no each villain in <laughs> in the original series and uh Korra represents a different kind of ideology or like the fire fire yeah. lord Ozai's imperialism Aman is a sort of communism uh yeah. uh Zaheer's uh or uh Korra's uncle is like theocracy Zaheer's anarchy uh Kuvira is fascism I could see the villain of like a modern day avatar being like capitalism yeah, Ava- word. Avatar: The Last Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, God, um, honestly, I'm just excited yeah, I, I to mean, finally I... see news come out for the live action thing because it's been billed as a reimagining. So we'll likely get yeah. a much more fleshed out version of the original show, uh, and I, I want to see what that'll be. Editor's note: This episode was recorded literally the day before uh, the creators of Avatar, Brian Konetsko and Michael DiMartino announced that they would leave production of the live-action Avatar series. Right, and, like, there's a lot of, you know, like, there's a lot of, you know, like, skepticism towards that, but honestly, since it's, like, the original people working on it, it's, like, they made two shows that felt like they had so much care put into them and were slam dunks. It's, like, I trust those people implicitly. I I trust them, but, like, that movie was so terrible it just i'm 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 going i can't 
do it again. Well, he, I'm not strong enough. Well, here's the thing, Chad. I'm not strong I, enough. Also, it's like so much, so much meddling by Nickelodeon made that what it was. You I'm, know, I'm also like I saw the movie once when I was like much younger, and I don't remember much from it. I pulled up like a clip of a fight scene, like a single one shot fight scene yeah. from that movie. It's, there, it's, it's so bad. much worse than whatever the writers could do. It was a failure on every level of conception and execution, Chowder. Yeah, you would have to try really hard to approach that level of banality again. I think with such wonderful source material um and with the same stewards at the at the head of it so that's that's my thought yeah, i I'm, yeah. i understand your fear uh but i do not share it i'm i'm optimistic i also in general like i i know there's been some stinkers but i i'm i feel fairly good about most of like the netflix shows that have come out like like I'm, I, there's a far more than I'm even aware of because it used to be like, a, oh, you know, these five or six shows that Netflix has made, like they're actually pretty good. Yep. But now it's just like, oh yeah, there's fucking hundreds of them. But like, I, I still have that sort of, you know, that mentality yeah. in my head where it's just like when something's like a Netflix show, I'm like, oh shit, this could be good. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know, man. Death Note. <laughs> Death Note. That's a movie. Different. <laughs> that that was incredible. I don't want to hear anything. Death Note, uh, the movie, Death Note, the is movie the perfect was perfect adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not even gonna humor the irony there. How are how hard do I have to nope out of this conversation to end the episode? Editor's note: I hate to say I told you so, but but <laughs> God no. God, no, I can't go through this again. Oh, no. Why? Why is it gotta suck again? We, again, a uh, topic for another day. Something <laughs> that I would love to talk about. Honestly, like, I would love we to. We probably have I, before, I, actually, but. I, it was it was a domain in an early episode. That in in the Black Panther episode, I remember, yeah. yeah. I would like to talk about it in yeah. depth, though, so. I'd be down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a good place to uh, to end it. I, we can just about wrap it up here, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to the Common Geeking Program again. I've been your host, Jeff Levitt. You can find me on Instagram at Things I Wish Existed, and I have a uh, toy review channel on YouTube, Alchemist Prime Reviews. If that's something that's up your alley, and if it's not, no worries. Uh, again, I've been joined by Colin and Chowder. You guys have anything you want to toss out to the audience? Uh, I mean, you can follow me at Sonic Colin K. Uh, I do two other shows as a part of this thing, uh, which is uh, Dice Populi, which is a tabletop show. We just passed one year, and we're we're Ooh. we're getting some fun stuff uh, sorted for that. And how you doing with Laura, who just had a baby, and apparently on an episode I had to record... What a nerd, yeah, am I right? I had to record an episode by myself, uh, a couple, just to fill the gap, and I mentioned she forgot my birthday, and it guilted her so hard that we actually were able to record <laughs> an episode together. So, woo! That's really funny. Yeah, that no, was funny. So it's good. Both of those are at commongeekingprogram.com, and I love them both. Alright, uh, I'm Timel Chaudhry, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter, at Timel Chaudhry. Alright. And then our, our next episode, well, we've got, we're going to have on the 1st of, or it's not the 1st, rather, the 4th of September, we're going to have a new common briefing program yep, where yep. we'll recap geek news. And then our next regular CGP episode like this one will be on September 18th, which is the third Friday in September. So you've got that to look forward to. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's just about it for us, and uh, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Ciao. I'm going to the spirit world. Fuck this. The Common Geeking Program is hosted by Jeff Levitt. Join this episode by Colin Ketchin and Timo Chaudhary. This episode is sponsored by the realization that you're going to have to vote for Biden. I know, I know, not ideal, but think about it like this. You're voting for who's going to or who's going to be the next Supreme Court judge. It's just how it is. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levin and features original music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited, edited by me, Timo Chaudhary. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program. If you know if you want to know more about us and all our other projects, head to commongeekingprogram.com. And as always, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank <laughs> you.